Dior Talks. This year, for the fifth edition of Dior Lady Art, ten contemporary artists were invited to put their creative stamp on the Lady Dior bag. Listen as each of these artists shares their personal experience of transforming the Lady Dior in the latest edition of the Dior Talks podcast series, available on all platforms. Long-time collaborators of Dior, the Russian artistic duo is known for deconstructing classical references and bringing them back to life in the digital realm through a mix of technology and archaeology and juxtaposing ancient and contemporary iconography. Here, in their latest collaboration with the house, they project one of the pillars of Dior culture, the emblematic Lady Dior bag, into another dimension inspired by the digital revolution. The bag's classical quilted canage motif is distorted into a spatial vortex and waves, recalling glitches or a Snapchat filter, while the letter charms are morphed and twisted. A powerful exploration of the complex relationship between man and machine, their fascinating reinterpretation of the Lady Dior blurs the frontiers of reality. I'm Katia Foreman, a Paris-based journalist, and you're listening to the Dior Talks podcast. Andre, Georgie, it's so great to have you both here today and to get the chance to talk to the only artist duo taking part in this very exciting Dior Lady Art series. Where are you both right now? Are you in the same city? Yeah, hi. Yeah, we are pleased to have this podcast with you today. So yeah, we are in um, Paris. In, but in the different uh, locations. Ah, so you're in Paris. Georgie, tell me about your childhood and how you two met, because I believe uh, both of your parents were artists. Yeah, and we know each other from childhood, and uh, our parents are artists. And from childhood, we was on uh, many uh, places, like our artist residence, and uh, we have opportunity to see how other artists work in different technology, in different ways. And I think uh, it's uh, start to be a point uh, to uh, start a discovery uh, in the technology and uh, like new media in art. Okay, so so your parents um, had their studios in early post-Soviet artist residences, right? So yeah, so uh, yeah, really, our parents are artists, and uh, yeah, we know each other from childhood, from like three years, I think. I was three years old and Georgie was five years old. We have two years difference. And uh, we met in the art residencies and plein uh, air, it calls uh, even in Russian, uh, with our, you know, our parents were meeting there and there were residencies and we had fun uh, during many years, around 10 years. And we even had our studio, uh, like a first studio, we we, we we were like just two teenagers of 12 maybe years old and we had a corner <laughs> in the art residency of our parents and uh, we did some uh, workshops there as well. Okay, so you already started working together as kids or as teenagers in these um, early post-Soviet artist residences with these artistic communities 
around you. So it all started there. Um, and then did you reconnect later and decide to, to create this um, artistic duo? Yeah, we actually have uh, been studying in Krasnodar and Georgi was finishing uh, the first part of his education in Stavropol, which is like 300 kilometers from uh, Krasnodar. And then uh, we started to study in the same university in Krasnodar and Georgi came there. And uh, so we were studying there and uh, in the same moment uh, we did our first exhibition. So we started to do our um, exhibitions like artists uh, during uh, during our education and um, how do you complement each other do you have quite a symbiotic relationship or can it be volcanic how do you complement each other yeah. it can be different because we are like relatives you know like you are really like brothers because uh when you know each other for such a long time uh, it's always uh different uh, periods of uh, relationships but we always know that we help each other you know like we started to work as a two separate artists and we decided to uh, organize our group uh, just after the, that that we realized that uh, we are participating in uh, the work of each other like a lot and uh, we decided to combine together all our uh, circumstances and our thoughts. And uh, so from this time, we decided to work together. For anyone who's not familiar with your art, tell us a bit about how you started and about the concepts and materials you use. Yeah, definitely. We started to... Uh, we started to work as a recycle group and um, uh, it was based on the uh, recycling way of, of recycling of the ideas not only in the materials so we are not uh, artists who are working only with uh, uh, garbage or plastic or something else we are trying to recycle the ideas you mean maybe energy yeah yeah definitely the ideas energy and uh, our like imagination we are always trying to move recycling for us it's like the circulation you know like the way of uh, uh, the way of thinking in the in the process so the process is the main topic <laughs> changing yeah and uh, as for the materials uh, we are always doing a lot of experiments yeah Georgie yeah yeah if in the past uh, the artist uh, has uh, like a color and composition uh, but right now the materials uh, what you are using is also uh, has a meaning and uh, has a philosophy. So, and the uh, uh, main uh, part of our projects is about changing uh, because it's a more stable thing that we are having in the world. It's just a changing uh, because everything, every moment is in a changing. Okay, so we're talking maybe about um, this kind of disposable society and uh, the speed at which everything happens today, all of these things around the new um, virtual reality or internet age. Yeah, but uh, one of our important topics was uh, like idea of immortality. And uh, we actually were searching the paths how to, uh, how to 
improve this idea or upgrade this idea in the new contemporary world. And uh, we understood like the only way to live forever is to live inside the social media, inside the computer, inside the servers, etc. And uh, we started to work with this idea with a theme of religion. So we found some parallels with that. And now we are more into the idea of our usual life. Like now we are really feeling how it works. And uh, like uh, when, like maybe five or six years ago, when we started to work mainly with this idea, we were a bit surprised. Like uh, if uh, someone die, for example, you can still see his profile and this person can still be alive inside the virtual media and that was a bit strange it's like a virtual paradise and with this idea we started to work uh, uh, as the main concept and then it transformed into the new uh, like new reality uh, which has been visualized in uh, some works uh, in uh, some projects that we are doing now Right, so you're exploring the cycle of reincarnation of matter and energy in today's world um, and the ethical implications of virtual immortality. Um, and, you know, regarding your works, your, your human sculptures emerging from these plastic uh, trash cans, they remind me of petrified bodies found in Pompeii, only here the humans have been petrified in, in plastic waste. So just to go back to, to the kind of materials that you work with, can you talk to us about those? Yeah, uh, those that you mentioned with the plastic, uh, especially the plastic mesh, uh, it's, uh, it has some roots, uh, even mo- maybe not with the Pompeii, maybe more with the Greece, I think, because... Uh, mm, classical. Classical, yeah, because uh, like a Pergamon altar was one of our uh, most important works, uh, which inspired us to make something new. And we also found this new material, which looks like marble uh, from the distance. Uh, and uh, it has a very special... It also has a kind of sci-fi look to it. I find. Yeah, absolutely. There is a sci-fi thing because we are trying to make some projections into the future. But mm. uh, plastic, uh, but uh, uh, like how to say, aesthetically or in, the, in the plastics, I mean, not in the plastic as a material, in, in the plastics of uh, the bodies. So we are trying to use the references from uh, the antique sculptures as well, because uh, we like all this uh, background uh, of art history and uh, the Greek history as well. Because uh, even when we were young, uh, we've been traveling a lot and we saw a lot of museums and uh, European museums. And we were not grow up in the Sovietic and uh, uh, in, in the Sovietic mood because uh, we didn't. Uh, live that much in during the Soviet period. That's why we do not use this, uh, ty- uh, these uh, archetypes as a portrait of Lenin or some, some, something else. Yeah. Uh, that's why for us, Greece or uh, uh, Gothic architecture or the European art of uh, Renaissance uh, is m- closer to our uh, imagination than uh, something Sovietic. And uh, as for the materials, we are, uh, yeah, we are using plastic. We are using uh, 
rubber, we are using steel, even marble sometimes, uh, we are using augmented reality, um, a lot of things. And we are always trying to combine different materials and different media in one because we love experiments and it's like uh, one of important parts of our work when we can uh, do our favorite part as, as experiment. <laughs> so uh, it's um, we don't have a particular material that we like only this one. So we are always combining them. And uh, regarding your relationship with uh, Dior and specifically the Lady Dior, uh, I believe you've participated on different projects around this bag uh, going stretching back almost 10 years already so you've you've almost grown up with with the lady deal um you it's a bag that that you know inside out uh what does this bag represent for you and what did you want to bring to it for this uh deal lady art series we actually uh really have experience with the Dior during around 10 years. And it started from uh, Lady Dior bag as well from the beginning. So we know this Lady Dior bag uh, during long time. And, um, and the first, uh, our experiences, we were cutting Lady Dior back into the parts and it was kind of uh, explosion, explosion back, you know. And then uh, we transformed it into the stone. We did some uh, objects uh, for Pushkin Museum exhibition in, Mu- in uh, Moscow uh, with Dior. And then... Uh, after some years, uh, Dior came to us and asked if we can make uh, our version of Lady Dior bag. So we did several sketches and uh, decided that those two variants that uh, would appear soon are the most uh, effective and interesting for us and for Dior team. And uh, they are representing uh, the vision, the way of vision. Like when you look to this back, you feel that something strange, like this is an image from the screen, but it's not real. But when you come closer, you see that it's real. Mm-hmm. And this is a kind of a glitch. When you see on it, on someone, you see like, no, it can be, but it's kind of a glitch. But then you understand that you are not a robot and we are not in the world of the machines yet. <laughs> and uh, then you're... Uh, recognize that this is uh, like a stylization of a classic Lady Dior back into something new and futuristic. And uh, this is like a combining of two visions, uh, the machine vision and the human vision. And uh, we wanted to make this uh, another reality trick. Okay, so you, you had the, the bag that has the classical canage uh, stitching um, that is distorted into a spatial vortex um, with these waves that nod to, as you said, the glitches, this idea of a machine's perception of reality. Uh, there's this notion of another reality or a filtered reality like in social media or the virtual world of the internet that's one of the the key themes in your work and this idea of creating a glitch effect on the bag what was the process like was it a combination of sketches and computers yes of course we are using a lot of computer tool like and 3d and uh it's uh, 
also many many programs like more than 10 programs uh, what we are using right now and uh, it's uh, all new instruments is amazing because you can uh, see your idea immediately yeah we actually started to draw it uh, by hand normally we are doing a lot of sketches uh, so all our work starts from drawing and then we're transforming it into the 3D, into the Photoshop, into the different tools like uh, Illustrator. So we are using uh, all types of uh, the programs uh, to create this piece, uh, this several pieces because we did around the 10 sketches or something like that. And um, yeah, so it starts from drawing, it goes to the computer, to Photoshop, then to the 3D, then it goes to some kind of a vector programs where you are trying to make the proper uh, lines that the machine would reproduce uh, with the material in the factory. And uh, so it's uh, always um, work with the machines, of course, because in the new world, you cannot really do something else. It's easier and more efficient, and uh, the effect is really great. Right, so the process moves between computer-generated and handwork. And how did you play with the, the details of the Lady Dior, like the eyelets and the charms? Uh, actually, all the metal parts on the back uh, are really nice uh, because uh, from the beginning we were thinking like this is iconic back, so we cannot really transform like these letters or something else. But your team was uh, very open for something new, and in our case, they told like no problem, so you can really transform as you want. And we were super happy that we can distort uh, Dior letters, like uh, we distorted Kanash, and then we distorted the other part of the back, like belt, and like the letters uh, of uh, Dior, and uh, they also has some effects uh, of distortion. And uh, in the material, it looks really nice. When you materialize something from your laptop uh, to the real piece, it's really inspiring. So this idea of tampering with um, this iconic accessory, did it recall for you the way that you deconstruct classical references, classical statues in your artwork? Did it kind of remind you of this idea of we like the idea of deconstruction always because when you are working with something that was created before such kind of things as lady your bag uh, you should deconstruct it so definitely you should find a way how to transform it into the something new that people should feel that like yes this is Dior but something strange with it and uh, we really like the deconstruction as we had the first experience with the cutting of uh, lady Dior bag into them a lot of parts and square pieces uh it was uh, one experience and then we understood how we can transform it now with the new technologies not like 10 years before uh 10 years ago so it's like the other way uh of um the other way of working on the concept. So it's a great parallel to your universe, this idea of taking an ancient artifact um, that you make out of plastic and there's this anachronistic tension in the way that you deconstruct it and then bring it back to life through the digital world. 
here you're kind of doing the same thing with this kind of hallowed icon of Dior, one of the most visible icons of the house. It's like uh, one of the ideas that we used before, like a lot of, around uh, eight years ago, maybe, or something like that. We had the concept uh, of future archaeology, which transformed now into the just a new vision and some kind of futuristic things. But before it was a uh, future archaeology. And this concept was uh, one of important concepts for us. And uh, we somehow kept some elements uh on this bag, like if we may say that this is an iconic bag and it existed for many, many years, that's a kind of historical treasure which you take and transform and you have a permission to do that as you want as an artist, which is really cool that you don't need to really uh, care about something. Uh, like uh, there were no guidelines like, oh yeah, guys, so you can do whatever you want, but pl- pl- please keep our letters like that. They were very open. I mean, your team. And uh, yeah, that, that was perfect because uh, we felt uh, we felt the borders of uh, the bag, like it should be uh, wearable by the person like who wear it on the shoulder or on hand but uh, still uh, it's a piece of um, it can be a piece of art as well so we just combine this art part with the fashion one uh, which looks nice I think yeah how do you see the relationship between fashion and art that's a long history of uh, relationship between fashion and art because uh, like uh, so there are a lot of roots from Salvador Dali or a lot of people, uh, a lot of artists uh, like with the brands. So uh, I think that it, it, it was and it will be. <laughs> what do you think of the, the deep lasting ties that Dior has cultivated with the art world ever since Christian Dior, a collector and one-time gallerist, founded the house in 1947? Actually, that's... Uh, that's one of the important parts in the collaboration with the brands when this brand has a history. Like uh, when the founder of this brand had, had a gallery and had a collaborations with the artists in the, in the middle of uh, 20th century, uh, that makes sense, you know, like uh, it, uh, it's important uh, that... Uh, that it's important that uh, it has such a long history behind when that it means that people and that it's perpetuated yeah it, it means that people who are now uh, on charge of this uh, company on they, they, they should feel artists and they should feel how to work with artists you know it's not like a first experience yeah. for the brand <clears throat> when brand is trying to uh, push on the artist or trying to promote uh, their concept maximum and just block all the art part. It's not like this you know, with the Dior, and that's important. There's an authentic legacy. Yeah, and we actually do not have uh, that much collaborations with brands, and uh, because we no. are working on the other field uh, of art, and uh, we, we we really are happy that. Uh, like we have a Dior and uh, in the past we had a couple collaborations uh, with some other uh, brands, but not that uh, 
massive and not that big as, uh, as it was with the Dior. And all uh, our history is intersecting with Dior as well, which is kind of important. Yeah. And uh, we are really pleased to work with them because they feel artists. They know how to collaborate with them and they know what, what to expect. And uh, I think that... Yeah. That, that's important. In all collaborations, the most important part is people. Absolutely. Going back to the idea of um, the Lady Dior has accompanied you across your artistic career. How has your relationship shifted, would you say? Have you got a new perspective on, on this bag? How was it coming back to, to the bag now? The bags are not released yet, so but still we have a lot of comments and uh, we have a lot of uh, reaction of people to these bags. All the reaction now is nice and good and we are happy, of course, that people are happy. <laughs> mm. But this idea that you have uh, reinterpreted the Lady Dior several times already and you're coming yeah. back to it now, um, what has changed for you? Do you have a the new vision. perspective? when? Yeah, yeah the, the vision absolutely because it has a it has a parallels with uh, everything that we that we do. Uh, like uh, all our concepts are transforming, like uh, every year, every month. So we are trying to add something new on that. And uh, Lady Dior bag is just like a, kind of a platform which is always the same, and you can transform it in a different ways like it was uh, about the future archaeology before in our mind for example and then it transformed and shifted into the new reality and some kind of a virtual elements and now we have this uh, second world uh, which is uh, crossing and has some intersections with the reality. And uh, that's uh, one of the themes uh, which we are working with now. And uh, that's nice that we can take our current situation of uh, concepts and transform it onto the classical, something classical that existed for many years. And what projects are you working on now? Uh, we are preparing a big exhibition in uh, St. Petersburg, Manesh. There is a big uh, museum that calls Manesh for next summer. Uh, that would be a like, project for 3,000 3, meters. And it would be really huge. Also, Wow, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, we are always uh, working with some outdoor works. So we just finished two big outdoor uh, installations in Krasnodar and uh, we are preparing something new for, uh, for France and for Russia as well. And uh, just closed an exhibition in London Mayfair, like Sculpture uh, Week where we exhibited some works with augmented reality to just closed like a couple of weeks ago, I think, or even less. So we are always uh, on move. <laughs> just to wrap, um, I would love to know where your fascination for social media and uh, virtual reality comes from. When did this all start? How did you decide to make that one of your, your major themes? Uh, like 10 years ago, it was a moment uh, uh, when we realized that this is a big uh, idea. You know, 
like artists normally are like uh, metronomes or seismographs you know like if there would be an eruption or earthquake uh, there is a <laughs> seismometers which are fixing this uh, transformations of uh, the ground and artists it's like a parallel with the artist so we are just trying to look into the future through the perspective of uh, our reality and uh, this is the only way how we can analyze it and how we can react. That's why we always have these transformations because we are reacting on the current situation as well and uh, we are trying to predict something. And it's our job, actually. <laughs> and that's why we uh, were inspired by uh, all the social media things because we found first parallels with the religion and then we realized how it transforms into something even more than this. And uh, we're just trying to make these projections. Are you questioning the value of contemporary culture? This way of mixing technology and archaeology, it makes me think of all the images and information being buried in the cloud. Do you see this as the future matter for archaeological researchers? Yeah, I think that uh, the field for the archaeology is not only the cloud, uh, but definitely it is as well. And uh, we know that all information on web is recording, and they and and we should be sure that all these data and all this information. Uh, is keeping for a long time that no one deletes uh, delete it and uh, we are creating now our uh, first steps on moon you know like first steps on the internet like our children or uh, next generations would uh, feel like ah yeah that was a time just the beginning of the internet so we are like we now uh, all this society all the People like like it's a teenager's period of uh, for the world because uh, we just uh, the internet was just born like 25 or 30 years ago and now uh, we're just trying to understand how to live uh, with it and how to transform our emotions uh, using this tablets, iPhones, and like whatever. And uh, that's an interesting situation because uh, all the society is now like a teenager's time for the whole, whole society, for the whole world. Like we are doing mistakes uh, and then uh, we are trying to realize and understand did we do a mistake or not. And uh, there is no rules, there are no laws, and there is just a very strange... Um, administrative structure of all the internet uh, giants uh, which we cannot finally understand well listen thank you andre thank you georgie for your time it's been great speaking with you both today